you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Alesto After Hours, the show where we get to go beyond the 600-word limit in the paper and discuss what's happening on our campus and in the world. I'm your host, Erica Green, and today I'm joined by three Alesto staff members who I'll let introduce themselves. My name is Shane Wheatley. I'm a copy editor. I'm glad to be back again. I had so much fun the first time. Yay! Um, my name is Maddie Lamert, and I am the editor-in-chief. My name's Ryan Berry, and I'm the managing editor. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for being here. So today, we have a very, very, very good podcast. I'm so excited to get into it. It's going to be a little spicy, and I'm very excited. So the first uh, story we're going to talk about uh, is uh, Staff Ed. It's written by all of us, and it's called Be Informed About Where Your Where Your Donations Are Going. It says, the internet has made it easier than ever for people to scam others in the name of charity, and it's important to know how to tell who is actually receiving the donations intended for a specific cause. We at the Alesto know that as college students, money can be tight. So it's important to make sure whatever money we can spare for donations goes to the people who need it. So I won't read the whole thing, but basically it goes into a story about Hurricane Dorian, which was um, really affected like America, but it really affected the Bahamas. Um, It was telling how there's some people who were asking for donations but it was a little questionable it turned out that they were basically legit but like it was a little bit questionable so like do you guys see that stuff a lot where like people ask for donations and you're like "Hmm." yeah i'm always a bit sketch about like gofundmes in general like stuff like that so what makes things sketch to you like what is a red flag i don't know i feel like i just have an automatic distrust of gofundme anyway like if you're on gofundme like is it really i mean there was a thing a while ago where someone had to go on GoFundMe for, like, their insulin or something. And they couldn't raise enough money for that, but someone else that same week, like, raised a bunch of money for some, like, philanthropist thing to, like, raise money for themselves or whatever. I mean, it definitely just depends on what's going to, you know, catch the eye of Twitter and Facebook. And for the most part, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to – I'm not in a position where I can donate money to people's medical causes or to keep them from being homeless, unfortunately. unfortunately. But I don't think that most of the people on there are acting in bad faith. But I'm sure those people are out there. But it's the same way I feel about, like, giving money to people on the street. I don't necessarily know what they're going to do with that money. But if they're asking for it, they probably really need it either, like, to live or to have something that makes them feel like they can continue Mm -hmm. living. And so... Yeah, I, I hope people use it for food and shelter, but if they don't, I'm not really that upset about it. Yeah, me neither. I just feel like I'm going to give of the, out of the kindness of my heart. What you do with it is your business. Like yeah. that's not that's not really. It's more a reflection me. of your you, character yep. for giving them money than it is for their character. And like Ryan said, I don't think like if I think there's a big difference though between like somebody on the street and you give them money, you know, you're giving them a couple dollars if that, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't carry a lot of cash on me. So like what I give them is like what little change I do have. Um, But like if they're going to go, that's not going to make that much of a difference when they're going to get a drug or something, you know, if that's what they're using it for. It's like I, that's not too bad like i give them what i can spare but on gofundme i think people tend to give more than just a few dollars those amounts are usually a lot higher yeah so i think that's where it's a little different is because like with that you know it's easier for them to like get something completely 
like a huge purchase, you know, to really benefit like, you know, they're probably wealthy enough anyway to feed themselves or if they had a drug habit to feed that drug habit. Um, but so it's all like extra stuff where I don't know. It makes sense in my head. I kind of understand that, but I also think it's really just a matter of um, access and timing. Like the people on GoFundMe who, you know, are needing rent or food or medical bills could very easily be those people, the same like people on the street. They're just lucky enough to be able to try and do something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Do, Do something about it beforehand or to like be able to get online and try and reach a wider audience because like yeah people might be asking for a couple thousand dollars and it's probably for a different kind of bill you know i think something like it's either 40 or 60 percent of gofundmes are for medical costs because uh that makes our healthcare system is pretty broken Mm -hmm. but so i think people are hoping for like a lot of people to give them that you know that five dollars like you would someone on the street instead of you know one miraculous donor coming in and dropping $500 in their fund. That does make sense. I mean, that being said, I've only, I think I've only donated to a GoFundMe cause like once. I think it was like $100 or something, but that was only once. I don't yeah, really I've never really, on GoFundMe. I've never done GoFundMe. And that was only because I knew the person like personally. Yeah. I've, I've used one um, when my ex's cat got sick. She made a Facebook. George. Yes, George the cat. <laughs> He's a very good cat. Um, he made a Facebook post or she made a Facebook post about him because he needed surgery that was like $4,000 and she really loved this cat and you know it didn't cover all the costs by any means but anything was going to help that's fair I started, crying yes- I started crying yesterday about my cat well anyway going on <laughs> further in the story it says it's not like it's not like inter- internet charity scams are uncommon either. In April, NPR reported that Caitlin McClure pleaded guilty to theft by deception for making up an exaggerated story about a homeless man for a GoFundMe page. McClure and her boyfriend raised over $400,000 on the page and allegedly only gave 25000 to the intended recipient. Oh my gosh! $400,000. Girl! Uh, I hope she went to jail. I don't know if she did. It didn't say. I believe so. I hope so. They could have at least given him a bigger percentage. I'm saying like. If they were going to scam like that. Can you at least give him half? Yeah. You can do a lot with $200,000. You'll be all right. I don't even like personally. I don't have a problem with someone like exaggerating up a story a little bit to get views so that they can help someone who is on the street. I have a problem with them stealing from that person then, though. Yeah. Like, I might just make a GoFundMe that's like, help, I need money, please. No reason. There are just... some There are some out there, I'm sure. There are some out there. So, did they say, like, if she had a goal? Because, like, maybe their rationale... I'm not saying this is okay by any means, but maybe they were like, okay, like, this is our goal. So, once they reach over that goal, they were like, hee hee, this is our money now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, do- that does make sense. Like, if their goal was the 25000 or like, but I'm still sure, like whatever organization they went through, still would have given extra to the person. You know, I feel like there should be a rule on GoFundMe. Like, so like, let's say your goal is twenty five thousand. Once you reach that, like, it should cap. Like, you should stop. I don't know why. I don't know why they like continue to let people donate. Well, I I think there's a few reasons. One is like sometimes it's you see it less on GoFundMe and more on like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and places like that where there are someone's making a product for it uh on it i've and seen a lot of like game ones yeah that. and so then they can add more features and make the game better and you can get more stuff as the as the group gets further um 
also, I, I think in this case in particular, um, I haven't, I, I don't remember exactly what the GoFundMe says, but they're the, the homeless man in question, whose name I don't know either, um, was uh, in some sort of legal battle with them. So I think it was implied that all of the money was going to him. Whether, and then they no, just didn't send it. Yeah, no matter what their goal was, um, they didn't give it to him after it was at least alleged that it was. Yeah, I understand Maddie's point, but I guess even it is like you know, if your goal was only twenty five thousand and you made four hundred thousand, you know, your ideal option was still to give it to him. Yeah, or to say like, hey, you know, update. Thank you so much. We got there. Um, everything after this is going to be split between myself and my boyfriend's bills and the half of it will go to him after that isn't that kind of distrustful though as well because people are donating assuming all of it's going to this homeless person not if they tell them yeah like, but flat it's, out. it's better at the very least of saying like at least putting it not even necessarily if you tell them everything after that but like if you've already raised four hundred thousand, you're like yeah, hey yeah. guys thanks like, yeah now no. it's gonna be split if you didn't say that beforehand but if you hit twenty five thousand on the dot and then you post that like it's still kind of scummy because no one's re. But I guess you are telling them. Yeah. About so it. there's at least a little bit of like deniability there. It's still bad, but it's not as um, malicious at that point. That's fair. Yeah. Like I'd rather have someone be like a crappy person and outright say like what their intentions are than to be a crappy person, rack up all this money and just like sneak around with it. You know. Yeah. Like, I'd rather know, even if I donated my money and I didn't read the fine print saying, like, we reached our goal, this money's going to us now, like, I still under not understand, I still don't like it, but, like, I'd be more... I respect that a whole lot more. Yeah, I'd at least be like, okay, like, even though you're a crappy person, I respect that you're being less crappy about this. And we all need money. Yeah. So the paper goes on to say, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't ever ever donate to a GoFundMe page, just that it's far more difficult to identify who might be trying to scam others than it would be from a different donation method. So I want to talk a little bit about, everybody knew I mentioned this before, uh, off podcast, not even just GoFundMe, but like American Red Cross, um, shoot i'm like trying to make but like all the other big corporations where people can donate to like american cancer society um autism speaks oh don't get started on that one uh, girl. That there's a lot of controversy around that so but but basically my point is like all these big corporations that people donate to they have different fundraisers they have well like susan g, susan g coleman like they have the breast cancer walk every year like all those different corporations you know, and I'm not saying they're doing some like shysty stuff, but you know, I mean, well, because okay, so on one hand, well, listen, listen. So on one hand, I get like you also have to run your company. Like if somebody gives you a ten thousand dollar donation, yes, those ten thousand dollars should go to help the cause, but also you like gotta pay to keep the lights on. So like I get taking a small percentage to fund your company i get it but like when you take most of it and yeah i don't believe that's what red cross was doing though, right? no i know but i'm Theirs saying was a huge thing for a while i think in the news when it came yeah out. no i'm not saying that's what they're but i'm saying like companies that do that that like take a small percentage just to for upkeep of their company whatever especially but, if they're like non-profit yeah like, you kind of have to. yeah like whatever but like 
you know, their their CEOs and stuff like that are like billionaires and stuff. How are you a billionaire? You have a nonprofit company. Like, how do you, how does that work? Go off, Ryan. Ryan wants to go off. I can look at his face. Like, okay. go off. So there's a few things. One, I think most, if not all, charities are nonprofits. So like that, and in a lot of ways, that just means certain things for taxes, not necessarily like size or anything like that. Um, and while I, I definitely agree with you, I think it's also important to note that, like, I think Susan B. Komen and or Susan, Susan G. G. Komen, Komen yeah, mm-hmm. in particular, is not. It's not out there to necessarily be doing research. I think a, a lot of those bigger ones are for like awareness, and so the fact that they get so big and can run so many events and are spending that money on it, that's their goal they want people to know about breast cancer they're not here to fund wait so they're not they're not actually like doing any research with the that's I, what i i assumed. don't know but I, you see, have to look into it yeah like, I, I don't know for sure case. but i'm i'm fairly certain that the, that's it, the hard thing though is that no one wants to do the research yeah well and, and we you know we point to things that you can use to to look up charities in there i think it's um there's two urls in there oh uh, yeah in. charity watch and charity navigator yeah both and are, also the better business bureau and that's, I think the Better Business Bureau is more for like um, local chapters and smaller places. Like, I don't think you're going to get an overall review of the Susan G. Komen Foundation or something there. Um, but the other two I, I looked a little bit at, and they have overall, you know, ratings and scale and information. Um, I th- one of them, I think, is um, might be paid for like the deep dive information, mm. um, but I don't think it's super expensive. Hmm. So what do you guys think about these big corporations? I, just I don't know. Say I don't. Can... I don't think. Oh, sorry, Maddie. I don't think there's really anything we can do about it, right? Not like at our level. I mean, we can we can talk about it all we want. We can be aware of it. Like, hey, this corporation's doing something a bit shady, but like, what are we going to do about it? You know. True. What can we do about it? True, Maddie. I just think like it's up to you to look into it. Um, I know like. People say, like, I don't have the time and that's fine. But at the same time, like, in that article, we say, like, you know, we understand money is strapped when you're in college. And it's like, if your money's so strapped, wouldn't you take the extra five minutes to, like, look into it and be like, this is what this is for? You know, I know, like, when you brought up Autism Speaks, there's a huge controversy about that. And um, what is their controversy? I haven't heard about that. Okay, so I did a little I, study I guess on if, it. Maddie's like, can, let me tell you. I guess you. if we can get into that. I just haven't heard about it. Go for it. it. So I, um, I did a story on this last year, and I like didn't know there was a big thing, and then I got my assignment, and I was like, oh, it is a big thing. Um, basically, when they started out, they were very big on finding a, quote, cure for autism, which, like, if you look into it, it's like a lot of people were uh, – like well there's not really a cure for this and then when saying we're gonna find a cure for it it's implying that something's wrong with the people that have it does that make sense which isn't necessarily true yeah my brother has autism so i sort of understand everything yeah so it's like there's something wrong with you is what they're saying which a lot of people thought that's what they were saying now i can't speak on behalf of the organization so let me tell you how to fix it then the thing that i'm okay with saying i have a big problem with is when you look up certain videos from a long time ago, there's one where it's like the parents are openly discussing like how they almost drove off a bridge because having a kid with autism was so stressful. And it was completely focused on how autism like takes a big 
toll on the parents' lives, which, like, yeah, of it's course true. it's going to. But they didn't present it in a way that's, like, we're actually, like, we care about the kids. It was more we care about how the parents are basically going through a living hell, you know? Which it's like that further it is perpetuates rough. It stigma. is rough, but I, I do feel like maybe they should focus a bit more on how to cope and work with it rather than trying to cure it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that was my view. It just perpetuates stigma where it's like, yes, you can acknowledge, like, this does play a big role in people's lives. Obviously it does, just like dealing with anything does. But, you know, I talked to a few people that had autism that have autism um, in that story. And it just really opened my eyes to like how damaging those kinds of things were because, you know, they, one of them was telling me how it kind of perpetuated stereotypes in their own family um, about the autistic community. And it was really hard for them to just kind of break that down. And this was the stuff their mom was saying to them, you know, and she had no malintent, but it's like when you're exposed to that and that's what you're told over and over, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's going to shape your perceptions. I think part of it is just um, sort of – it doesn't excuse them, especially when they're working with this group. But part of it is reflective of, you know, how society viewed people who weren't neurotypical at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they still – from what I've heard, I don't. I don't know. I haven't experienced them. I don't have anyone with autism in my direct family, um, but they still sort of push a mitigating sort of uh, mitigation of the um, differences in autistic people, rather mm. than the similarities. Well, not even that, but rather than accepting those people and learning how to best interact with them and make their lives better. It's more about trying. Well, like, you know, growing up with a brother with autism, that's always what it was. It it was always, you know, how can the quote unquote, you know, non autistic people, like how do they cope with the autistic person rather than trying to help everyone else cope with, you know, sort of what autism is. Mm -hmm. And I think, from what I've heard, and I, you know, again, I don't know if this is still the case, but the thing that they were trying to do is, instead of teach, not even teaching those people to deal with that person who is autistic, but try to make that autistic person act more "quote unquote" normal. Yeah, more and that's what they do. That's why, at least, I think a lot of high schools have it. They'll they'll have a whole like building dedicated to like the special education classes and stuff, right? Which is sort of what they do. They kind of split them off and try and teach them how to act i guess quote unquote normal yeah i guess that's what they do now that depends on like um it's not just for autistic people it's for all sorts of developmental or physical uh impairments but i i think a lot of that is also dependent on the severity of whatever um I don't, I don't know the right word to, how to disability say disability maybe yeah, I don't know I if that's the right word to say but I, I understand what you're saying yeah, yeah I think it just depends on your divergence from like a neurotypical standpoint is where you get placed in that point so going oh go ahead buddy. I gotta say something real quick though um because little journalist Maddie has to be you know has to give both sides of the information you know <laughs> um but anyway um they I will say um, they have started to try to move past that. So while those videos are still like on the internet, which is 
oof, you know, um, they took like finding a cure for autism out of their mission statement. And they also say now that it's they're big on like raising awareness. So, you know, I haven't really checked back in the organization so much to where I can honestly say like, yeah, they're doing better. No, they're not. Um, But they are, I believe, trying to move past it. Yeah, I think there's not much you can do about things that they've said in the past that Mm -hmm. comes up a lot, you know, like with all the scandals about celebrities, tweets they've said like years ago, right? Like there's not much you can do about trying to erase something like that from the internet other than trying to move forward from it. Yeah, and the lady that like held the board or whatever started it, who knows, the big lady in charge died. So I think that was like a big thing too is like, you know, not to blame everything on her. Well, the but... old guard goes away and people who have new ideas can come in. Like, that's how it works in pretty much every organization. Yeah. Okay, so moving on in the article, um, it says, like Ryan mentioned, uh, it says, luckily there are a few different ways to check up on an organization and, and see th- that they are reputable. Some of the best options to examine a charity's credibility are websites like Charity Navigator or Charity Watch. The Better, Bu- the Better Business Bureau also has listings on charities or specific chapters of larger organizations. Donating to a believable, believable cause or to others in general is a gratifying experience, and we should not let bad apples stop us from doing as much good in the world as possible. I feel like you wrote that part because bad apples. Nobody says that but you, Maddie. No. That is is a very Maddie thing. Ryan wrote it, by the way. Really? Oh, okay. Y'all see y'all seem similar enough though. No, not really. He's like shaking his head like don't compare me to her. Not really. So yeah, so the point is, you know, still donate, just be literally be leery. And also I just feel like like we can't talk about this, but of course you can't do this like with stuff with like Hurricane Dorian and stuff like that. But like with locally, I'm a full believer in like, yo, just go out and like give the money to the people yourself. Like don't just donate it to, you know, an organization in St. Louis. Like if you really want to make sure it goes to the people who need help, go down to that whatever. Go down to downtown St. Louis where the homeless people are. Go down to whatever organization you want to and literally hand them to people like i saw saw a story about a kid that was like he used his own money to set up a little booth with like food and water for the hurricane like evacuees and stuff that's so cute yeah like you know in this case with us being where we're at the best thing we can do for you know people who were impacted by hurricane dorian uh, would be to give money a lot of times your time and effort is going to be way more valuable to those people than a couple bucks that you can spare, especially like as college students, most of us don't have a lot of money laying around. You don't have a couple bucks. Well, even if we have a couple bucks, that's kind of it. It's yeah. not like we're donating life changing. Literally two dollars. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. So we're only, we're only gonna do one more story. Spicy. And yes, Shane, this story is spicy, honey. I'm very excited to get into this story because it is. Spicy. Okay. So this story was written by our own Maddie and it's called 9-11. Never forget project makes fourth appearance on campus. Right. Sounds innocent enough. Right. Right. So it says 
The college Republicans of SIUE brought the 9-11 Never Forget Project to SIUE for the fourth year in a row. The project serves as a reminder of those who died in, on September 11, 2001. The project, the project is an event through the Young America's Foundation which sends small American flags in remembrance of the victims to interested campuses across the country to set up memorials. The president of the College Republicans and um, senior political science major Miles Nelson um, said that, uh, he said, and I quote, I really didn't see any event or even an email sent to I remind, to, sorry, I really didn't see any event or even an email sent out reminding students of what happened in 2001. And I thought that it was really important for all of us to be reminded. We all made a pledge to never forget, and I want to make sure that we never forget the innocent lives lost from Islamic Islamic terrorism. Sounds great. That sounds great. I'm with you a thousand percent. Okay, let's keep going. So he says, so in the paper it says, since the college Republicans first brought the event to SIU in 2016, they have expanded beyond just painting the rock and displaying flags surrounding it. For the second year, Nelson said they began showing the History Channel documentary, 102 Minutes That Changed America. And last year and this year, the group added a candlelight vigil, candlelight vigil around the rock. Um, so basically the paper kind of goes on to say like how they think it's important, how people should know and all that stuff. Right. Um, so the kind of problem goes on later in the article when he says, um, Nelson, who's the president said that he wants people to recognize, even though the college Republicans host the event, the event is designed to be nonpartisan. He said the group does not use the event as a recruitment opportunity, but as a means to bring individuals on campus together. Um, no, you can't tell me that that sounds great. Like, first of all, that sounds great. Everything that I have just read sounds great. You know, I am a thousand percent here for honoring those who lost their lives. You know, the the people, the, the victims, the first responders, the EMTs, police officers, all that stuff here for it. Um, but you can't tell me that this this college Republicans event, because that's what it is. It's supposed to be just nonpartisan, in the middle, 50-50, no kind of other motives behind it. You can't tell me that. So The college Republicans. Well, mm-hmm. Like that by itself. You're right? Ho- you're holding an event. Right? By, like, yeah. who is that else even is possible? Gonna, so like his thing was like when he came to campus, from what he told me, it was like nobody was doing anything. And I can't say that's wrong or right because I wasn't here at that time. This is what he told me, you know, and it's directly in the story. From his perspective, nobody was doing anything. And so I think, you know, even if you're, he's saying like nobody was doing anything. So he wanted to do something. It just so happened he was involved in the college Republicans and that was his platform. Just so. Okay. Okay, But I'm, I'm on the same stance as this. We talked about this the other time I was on the the podcast that, uh, that kegger, the Jesus Mm -hmm. kegger or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I, I think I'm on the same stance as that. Like, you can't be an organization like that and then host an event and say it, it has nothing to do to, with... To do with your organization. Yeah. yeah. I completely disagree. Um, I think that there are some things about this event that made it partisan, but, like, the... the Like, you can have apolitical events as a political group. Uh, and by that, I mean not everything in the world always has politics involved like that's that's how politics works like from where you shop to what you wear everything 
but you can have an event that isn't um, towards either party or any political causes. Like I know, I'm pretty sure that both the college Republicans and college Democrats hold like voting drives where you can go and register to vote. They don't care. I mean, they they do they care. care. They, they care. They definitely care. They do though. They yeah. definitely care. But, but they don't. They want you to sign up regardless of who you're going to vote. They would prefer you vote one way. Um, do they have the exact same things that they hand out though? Because if they both hold registering, I, I don't. Things, yeah, I don't think that they're handing anything out. They're obviously, just, if I'm a Democrat, I'm not going to go to the college Republicans. Why not? One it's to just, register to it's vote. just a way to register to vote. You still get to pick on when you register, like what party you're affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand that people might choose to pick one party or the other one for an event like that, but those events aren't inherently like partisan. They aren't divisive, other than the fact that those people exist or that those people are holding it. I don't know. I'd have to see their handouts. I like, don't think there's any handouts. I think they're just like a, so- and if a table. And there is a handout, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, you know? it's, it's just a table that says, "Hey, come register to vote here." Like you can vote on campus, or we can register you for your local municipality or whatever. Like, it's not, hey, uh, come register to vote, and also here are the people we think we you should vote for. They hold them like throughout the year, not just like in big election years. You know, yeah. they're holding them, and other groups hold them too. Um, th- that a, a lot of times they just want people to be politically active. And I think part of that is probably so that they hope that they can get some of those swing voters. But the bigger part is that, like, they want people to be involved in the political process. Like, that's sort of the the key part of it. That's not what this was, uh, necessarily. This, uh, you can't have an event that is, you know, surrounded by American flags, which are patriotic and fine. But, like, that is a political symbol to a lot of people even if it's not necessarily a divisive one for people who are mainstream Democrats or Republicans. But it is to some people. So to say it's not going to be political at all is a little weird. But I get saying that they didn't want it to be, you know, partisan. And I, I think what he meant probably was that he didn't want it to be divisive. And I get that. I And I definitely respect that because, like I said, like, and he says this uh, later on the article, but, like, when it comes down to it, when 3,000 people died, it's not about I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican. It's about this tragedy happened. So, like, I yeah. get that. Absolutely. I get that. But there's just, and we'll go on to it, but there's just, like, a couple things where I'm like, mm, I don't agree with. Yeah, I, I think that the idea that it can be a nonpartisan thing is totally true. I think there was, there might have been, at least in my personal opinion, some missteps in the execution of that. Sure. Yeah. And that's where it starts to like get spicy. Yeah. You know, let's go. Okay, go ahead. Because I feel like the people listening, I'm sorry, people, hold on. We're getting to the point where it gets spicy. Yeah, I know you come guys on, are I'm ready. Like, let's, let's go. Let's just quit dancing around it. Let's get to yeah, the Yeah, let's go to the spice. Okay, listen. So, going on in the paper, it says, however, two flags in front of the rock have some students questioning how nonpartisan the event really is. So, we have a quote from a student. Uh, she said she thought the black and white flag with a single blue stripe could be construed as being in support of the Blue Lives Matter movement. She said, and I quote, I have an issue with some of the stuff that has been represented. I think having flags like Blue Lives Matter and Cops Matter is a little suggestive, suggestive, especially with the connotations of 9-11 and the fact that it was a terrorist attack and the ways that connects uh, and the way that it connects to race as an issue. I don't know. I just feel like they could have done well without having the other flags there. I agree. But I, before I get to that, I'm going to say uh, 
the college Republicans responded. They said in response that the flag was not intended for this, rather that they represent the first responders on 9-11. They said, and I quote, they represent our support for first responders, especially on 9-11. The first responders that died on 9-11. The first responders that died since 9-11 from injuries. They're here so that we don't forget them. Cool. Now. You did have a good point before the podcast uh, mentioning how, you know, they didn't have that flag in 2000 yeah so if, if you guys really want to and i'll get to why blue lives matter is offensive but yeah. i was talking to a friend about this before but like i i think that like if you guys really wanted to honor the police which is fine because there are of course there are, there are a lot of first responders and police officers who died you know from 9-11 and i think that's that's totally fine to honor them that's that's great but you guys didn't have that flag in 2001. Yeah, use a different... Yeah, like, the that flag was... Came recently after the whole Black Lives Matter and then, you know, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, which is a slap in the face, but whatever. Uh, You know, that That's happened... Re- yeah, that but that happened recently. Like, if you guys really wanted to have a flag to honor the the police officers, y'all would have had that in 2001, but you didn't, because that's not what that was. You know what I mean? So... So, I don't know, but is there... Not to defend it, because I th- I think the the use of the Blue Lives Matter flag, which um, I don't think that's what that flag was originally designed for, but that's what it's taken on a meaning of, and I believe the College Republicans said as much in their Facebook post, which I will read. I mean, I think that's what it was intended for. Doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, like, like that's the same argument people use like for the Confederate flag. Yeah, that's n- that's not the point I was getting at. But the thing I was wondering is if there is like, is there another flag for police officers? Yeah, like is, I don't know. Is there another know way either. to do this without they could have done, like, having a badge those connotations? Or something, right? A badge, something. Yeah, I, Y'all could. I think something. there could have been something else. I was just asking if anyone knew. Yeah, I don't know. Another... So I, I don't believe so. Not that I know about. So the spice, the true spice, comes from because we have put out this little article, right? And what? we hadn't put it out. Oh, we, we hadn't just, put it out. No, it wasn't out. Yet. No, it so wasn't. So how did even they know? Out. So well, what happened? Talk to them for comment. Oh, okay. What had happened, Maddie? Little Maddie journalistic integrity coming on here. Okay. So what happened was this article primarily, like, going behind the scenes, I had talked to um, Miles Nelson, um, the college Republican president, and uh, the Troy guy. I forget his last name. Cone? Yeah. Is that Mm -hmm. how you pronounce it? Coney? Coney? I'm sorry, Troy, if you're listening, if I butcher your name. I'm so sorry. I hope I spelled it right. I'm pretty sure I did. But anyway, um... When I had talked to them before the event, because this event was held on our production day, like on Wednesday, we produced the paper, turn it in, if you will, um, to the printer, and then Thursdays it comes out, right? So I had done most of this beforehand because I'm like, you know, you have to plan. It's hard to write a story and make sure it's in good condition when you write it the day of, you know? So... The thing that I was missing, though, is we needed to actually get reactions from people because I saw, you know, they were talking about it being nonpartisan. And then I'm like, well, this is a big part of the story is like they really wanted to express that. And I think it's important. But I need to see if they're actually doing that from the eyes of students. So which is important. Yeah. Which is like what you need to do as a journalist. You need to get both perspectives if there are two different ones. Obviously, there were two different ones. Um, So the day of, you know, um, between classes and everything, I was running 
late as I normally do between things. And so our lovely sports editor, Lauren, was like, hey, I'm going to go get this quote from you. And I'm like, okay. I gave her exact questions to ask people out there. And the one of them was, okay, is this actually nonpartisan? So she said, you know, she went and got this quote from me because she was helping me out. So when she was on the quad, she um, approached some people um, and the girl's quote that we used really, it was the best quote. Like she wasn't the only one who felt this way, but it was the best quote to get that message across. So um, we used her quote and she said, you know, she saw the flag and she basically, you know, you can read the quote. I mean, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it's um, in the paper. I read it. Yeah. She expressed some concern. So we're like, oh, this need this perspective needs to be shown. But with journalistic integrity, it's like you can't just give one side. You can't just have her quote as the end all be all. So we needed to talk to the college Republicans and say, hey, you said you were being nonpartisan, you know, not saying this wasn't your intent, but like, you know, people were expressing concerns about this flag, given the connotations of what's been going on. So Lauren, I don't know exactly what she said to the guy. She got a hold of Troy and, um, you know, he gave that response. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how this all went down. It and then after Lauren, I guess, you know, hit up Troy and then Troy gave the comment. But yeah, somebody, somebody on, on the on the college Republicans said, and I quote on this is what they said on their Facebook page. They said, and I quote. Folks, the Alesso school newspaper, new, school newspaper just called us and said that some students on campus were, quote-unquote, offended with our 9-11 display and the Blue Lives Matter flag we have flying. So, number one, y'all admit that it's a Blue Lives Matter flag. That's what that tells me. Number one. Number two. That is a good point. I didn't yeah, that, that's, that, that Y'all admitted that it was a Blue Lives Matter flag. Did you not? So, the going on, it says, we want, we want to make ourselves perfectly clear. We will always stand side by side with our heroes in blue and all other first responders. It is so important, especially today of all days, to honor and support all of the first responders that have died protecting us. So, frankly speaking, we do not give a damn if students are offended by our display. We will never stop honoring those who died in 9-11 attacks and our heroes uh, in red and blue. Hashtag never forget. Now, I'll read the comments later, but let me just... There are a lot of there comments. There are a lot of comments. There are, like, f over, like, almost 500 comments. Let me just... How many shares are there? A thousand. Like, yeah, it, it went viral. Um, let me just explain something real quick to people who don't get it. Because a lot of the people, like, I would say 99% of the people in the comments, because I did read them, uh, were on the college Republican side, which, shocker, they didn't get it either. So let me explain something. So Blue Lives Matter is offensive because, like, so when Mike Brown and, you know, all that stuff started happening, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement came out, which is saying, like, you guys can't, you know, you guys meaning the police, you guys can't keep shooting us when we're unarmed and, like, that's not okay. Stop doing that. So Black Lives Matter came, came about. Shortly after Black Lives Matter came All Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter, which is a slap in the face because what, what you are telling us is, you know, Black Lives Don't Matter, All Lives Matter, which, I, which sounds good, like, oh, All Lives Matter, but no, that's really a slap in the face because, like, you're telling us that, like, we really don't care about your, you know, but can I build off that? Okay. So the way that I have had to explain it 
to people um, because Lord love my mother. Vicky Sue is a doll. Oh, God, not Vicky Sue. Okay, but when she um, she was looking at the All Lives Matter, you know, after it happened, she was like, you know, first response, yeah, All Lives Matter. No. And then I had to explain to her, and this is the way I said it. It's like when you're looking at it, I think the best way to explain to people who don't get it is – Like Erica said, the Black Lives Matter comes from these specific issues. Mm -hmm. The reason why we needed a Black Lives Matter movement was because clearly not all law enforcement, but certain people within law enforcement did not think so. There's no way around it. When you are shooting an unarmed black teenager, you are directly saying your life doesn't matter. matter. The best way I've heard it described is we need Black Lives Matter because it's been shown that, that, some people, that some people that don't some people think that don't. they do matter. And it comes out of that need. Nobody is going to tell you that a white life doesn't matter. I'm absolutely. sorry. Like, I'll get political here. Um, this isn't directly relating to the story. It's just about the All Lives Matter movement itself. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I can say this. Nobody is going to go up and say, oh, white life doesn't matter. You look at court records. You look at our judicial system. You look at history you look in at general. History. So that's why it's so offensive when we say all lives matter is it's the connotation. Yes, ideally, all lives should matter. Absolutely. But we do not need an all lives matter movement. Yeah, we not, need a black Not life. at our current period. Because that's, the, the, that's the, the ones operates. that are being affected. Because everyone will always try and bring up. They're like, oh, but they were like, you know, there were white slaves in history. Like, we're Bro. not talking about history. We're talking and about also, now. Like, like, things for, that are going on now. And, and also, I just have to bring this one thing up because people will be like, oh, well, you know, white, you know, white people die at a more rate. Yeah, because there's more white people in the world. Duh. Like, if there's more, if there's more of the, of, if there's more of you, like... They're, the statistics will say if that if you're the majority, yeah, if you're the majority, like statistics will say that there are more white people dying because there's more of you. So, and then like also like not only just all lives matter, like because we are talking about the blue lives matter flag. That's what we're talking about. Blue lives matter is personally is offensive to me because like let's say like when when a police officer a first responder dies, which is sad. It is sad when a police officer is killed um, in in active do i don't know in action um because that is somebody's husband father uncle brother that's somebody somebody right but and when we already know their lives matter yes but mm-hmm. when when a black person when an unarmed black person is killed that is also somebody's father uncle husband somebody somebody but when a police officer dies it's oh my gosh rest in peace you didn't deserve that press for his family Yada, yada, yada. When an unarmed black person dies, it's, oh, well, they shouldn't have ran. They shouldn't have did this, this, and this, and that. Like, they had a criminal record from 20 years ago. Like, they will, like, people will find anything to justify why an unarmed black person deserved to die. And my problem is, like, why Blue Lives Matter is offensive to me is because there are some people who will, you know, be so, so sad and in mourning for a police officer, but then, those same people don't have the same energy for the blacks from the for the unarmed black people that die. So that's why blue lives matter is offensive to me personally. Go ahead, Ryan. So, I I think one of the things that you were talking about is, you know, the fact that anytime a police officer dies, and it's usually whether it's in duty or not, that's a news story. That, Absolutely, that's something that absolutely. And you know, part of that is because that they are you know, considered prominent members in the community. And part of it is just because um, people respect them a lot. But Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no, thing. no, not at all. That's, that's if not... they're doing their jobs correctly. Yes. 
Well, I, I think that anytime anyone dies, it's not a good thing. No. Like, and, and I don't think anyone is saying that's what it is. I also think it's important to say that, like, no, it's not that no one is going to say that white lives don't matter because there are people who are on ridiculous ends of whatever political spectrum. People might say that, but the world and the society is not going to say that. I do want to build off a bit, sort of off your earlier point, kind of play both sides of the story, but like, you know, obviously uh, the reason blue lives are getting a bit bigger now is because there are people retaliating against police just because they're police. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, I don't believe still that justifies sort of, you know, a blue lives matter kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, at like, obviously, sort of obviously scale. retaliation and violence isn't the answer to, you know, this whole solution, but mm -hmm. I don't believe a blue lives matter is either. Yeah. Go ahead, Maddie. So if I can just kind of like express this shortly for our viewers and tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I think the big problem that people see with the blue lives matter movement Erica, tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Is that it's also a direct play off the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. And we yeah. have, like we say with All Lives Matter, we have a general acceptance that blue lives do matter. It When we say that the it's not so much that the movement is wrong, it's the way in which you express with the wordage. And why do I have to explain Black Lives Matter? Why do I have to defend that? When blue if I if somebody were to walk in here Right now, with the Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter t-shirt, it'd be like, oh my gosh, he or she is supporting the tubes, yada, yada, yada. If I were to walk in with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, I'd be yeah. problematic. Like, why? Like, I should not... The fact that I have to defend that black lives should matter is problematic in its own. And then the the, the, the big issue that I see, and this could be even, and this is a whole other conversation, but even with Black Lives Matter, with Colin Kaepernick, with all that stuff, if everybody had the same energy that you have in resisting Black Lives Matter and resisting Colin Kaepernick and resisting all this stuff and actually, like, redirect the energy to the actual issue— we would be in a whole better place. Like, why? Are, like, think about why are we doing this? Why is Black Lives Matter a thing? Why is all that stuff a thing? Because it has to people, be. yes, it has to be. There, there are people being killed every day, and nothing is being done. The police officers who shoot them get off with pay, and nothing happens. We're investigating. Yes, but go ahead, Ryan. So I think to get to your point of like why, why is it so controversial, and I, I don't know what research is out there, but I think that honestly is that not not always necessarily in law, like especially in the last 50 years, but white people have been the dominant force mm -hmm. in this country. And when you are the dominant force or the dominant like culture and everything, and when other people start to get onto that same level, it, even though nothing is you're not losing anything i think to a lot of people it feels like by other people reaching up to the same level that white people were put on mm -hmm. that they are being pulled down sure. instead of everyone going up sure. and i think that's where a lot of like the reactionary like just instant dis like, but i don't but i don't yes. understand that disdain though because it's like why would you not want everyone else to be built up to you it's i don't think like why would because, i well first of all historically speaking like why would i not want everyone to have the same access I, to and, and you I, should and you should but i'm saying like historically speaking yeah there has been like a, a huge despair i don't know if this is the right word but like you know discrepancy discrepancy between the two you know races and so some people 
some people do feel how you feel, Shane, and I and I and I think that's great. Some people said some people feel like Ryan said, which is you know, if other races or other minorities kind of reach up to the majority, then you know that's that's a problem. So yeah, and and personally, you know, I don't feel that way. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I I think a lot of it isn't conscious. A lot of it isn't something. That, it's just kind of the way you're raised. Well, yeah. no, no, not mm-hmm. even that. It's not something that it's important to remember that we are in college and mm-hmm. that we are very well educated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have really good critical thinking skills. And that's, you know, we we have the time and the mental effort like to spare to think about these things. Yeah. Whereas if you are working, you know, 40, 60 hour weeks, working yourself to the bone or just always tired and run down you're not going to think about it so you're not going to necessarily examine why you're feeling those things like you're going to feel them and it's going to feel like the truth and you're not going to look at it yeah and so if you're not looking at it then all you have is what that gut like and if everyone around you and your environment feels the same exactly yeah so basically yeah like kind of like what we said the blue last matter flag is offensive just because well, for me, I will say it's offensive to me because people who mourn the lives of police officers, as they should, do not have the same kind of feelings when it comes to an unarmed black person, too. And so I think, you know, we got pretty off topic talking. Not, we're on topic, but we're not talking about the story. No, I was going to read the comments. I was okay. going to go back to the comments. Yeah. Yeah. So like so so some of the comments, which there was over 500, 500 of them. So I just kind of... Um, you know, screenshot a few of them. And I will say like 99% of them were in support of, you know, the college Republicans, which is not a shocker because it's their Facebook page. Um, so somebody said, thank you for standing strong, showing, showing support, and most importantly, allowing us to remember those who have lost their lives to, uh, for those colors. Okay. Somebody else said, this is exactly what's wrong with our future. A lack of respect for those who put their lives every day for our safety and freedom i'm proud of my heroes i respect my country i support my responders so again we, you're so, missing the so point we have no issue with them wanting to like you mentioned earlier we have no issue with them wanting to support no you know, the not police. at all and, it's the issue and how they went about yeah so, and it's you're missing the point person, of the whole thing personally i don't have a problem with them putting those flags out i don't like those flags like those aren't things i support but i think they can do that Sure. But I don't think you can do that and then say that something is nonpartisan. Right. And then... They do also need to, like, obviously, if you're putting a flag out like that, you know you're going to get some backlash or controversy. Duh. And then... However, they need to be able to take that controversy. And also, right, don't don't be on, don't go to Facebook after talking about we don't give a damn about, like, no. Because like, you do give a damn. You, you clearly, made a post like, it, yeah. stand by your decision. Clearly, you, somebody, whoever wrote this is clearly bothered by the quote. So don't, no, have the same energy. I don't think they were bothered, to be honest. Um, I don't think they care all that much. Well, if you take I, the social media, no, that no, tells no, no, me no. you care. I, I know, but I think, uh, to me, it felt... Uh, it those felt, commenters should care, though. Yeah, those commenters cared, but it didn't feel to me like they were acting necessarily in good faith by making that post. Like it felt like um, they put those flags out. In at least that's this is how it seemed to me after their social media post. That they put those flags out for two reasons. Uh, I think mainly they put those flags out because they believe that is a great way to show support for uh, first responders on nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And secondly, 
I think that they were happy to get this sort of controversy. I'm sure. Like, I, I genuinely do. And it, it's hard because as a newspaper, as journalists, we we want to give them the opportunity to respond to that and but we don't nec- we don't want to play into their play for controversy that's not that's not what our we're not trying our to go story- back and forth that's yeah, the, yeah we're our, not trying to do that our story wasn't necessarily trying to do to that a, either about this no. like, controversy our story was about this this bro very, literally the last event. the last like couple paragraphs is about the what we're talking about like yeah. most of the story is about just saying what happened so to play devil's advocate too they might not even have been like mad that some people were offended it might have just been a communication where we were talking to them they took some comments that were made i don't as, know, I don't know. I, I, when i read the post first of all like you don't take if you're not bothered you don't go to social media number one for me number two you say i don't give a damn about that like yeah. that that shows me that you i don't want to say that you're just i'm not saying that you're angry but like you clearly feel some kind of way like you don't do that if you don't feel some or you kind want of way, others or you too. don't care like e- even if you don't care you like you want to uh, energize others in that way which is not okay which for, if you're trying to wrap people up that's not that's not cool either to me yeah, i see the paper yeah sure um and even some other comments said somebody said good for you if they're offended they can leave this is america first in all caps that was by the way uh they said god bless our military and our first responders and our beautiful american flag um some people uh, first of all only one, i only saw one comment that was like kind of like playing you know, I guess on the other way, somebody said, first off, I'm in no way, shape or form defending the students who say they're offended. Rather, I would question why they're offended. Uh, many attending school now where toddlers are possibly not even born when this tragic, tragic event happened. So I question their knowledge of the situation and again, their reason for being offended or if they or, or are they simply jumping on the bandwagon of individuals begging for attention to prove that they are someone. That doesn't even like, uh, yeah, and me. Just, so go ahead. To some level, I don't even necessarily think that like they made a social media post. Who cares? Like uh, people care about this event, but like I don't. Th- those aren't even necessarily you know members of this community. I saw um, that they uh, posted on their social media that they were getting like requests for places to send money um, after this sort of blew up, and then someone on there said that, uh, you know, I'm a retired teacher or instructor or educator and I get paid bi-monthly. You should look for a payment from me come, like, October. And But that person, from, you know, a brief look at their Facebook profile, wasn't a member of this community. So it, it's hard to say, like, that, like, yeah, people online are, are up in arms about this a little bit, but they're not necessarily the people who we're going to interact with and talk with every day. So I'm not super concerned about like a bunch of random people commenting on something about a situation they don't actually understand or aren't going to read the story for. Yeah. Yeah. I encourage everybody, you know, before taking a side on this issue or before getting upset, I mean, you have a right to feel the way you want to feel, you know, and that's, one big part of what we try to do at the Alessal is give voice to everybody and mm-hmm. everybody's feelings. That's why, you know, we contacted um, the college Republicans after we got this quote. Um, but please read the story and see for yourself, um, you know, what 
the thing was because I feel like with this Facebook thing that exploded, it's hard to kind of understand, especially since this all happened before the article was published, what, um, you know, the girl who talked to us, what her meaning was. I mean, it's it's not so much that she said she was blatantly offended and that she thinks, you know, like this was a bad event. That's not what she's saying at all, you know. No. Um, just please look at it and read the article and then, you know, judge for yourselves before hopping on. Um, the hate wagon. I mean, <laughs> that's strong wordage, but, you know, the bandwagon of, like, this is... I mean, obviously, you know, you have a right to whatever opinion you want to choose. And mm-hmm. I would be very happy, you know, even if... You know, even if your opinion differs from the opinions in this room, that you are forming an opinion in the first place based on this article. Like, just please read it before you assume something. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, I really wanted to be on this podcast because I did want to show people, you know, what happened in the newsroom, what decisions we were faced with. I had an extensive conversation with my advisor before I even ran this piece. This was something that we were like, I told them, I'm like, if we cannot get a comment back from um, the college Republicans on this quote, we are not running the article. Point blank. It's not being run. You know, it is, we gave voice to everybody, you know, I'm not just saying this to cover our asses, but because it's true, we gave voice to everybody. We did everything right from a journalistic perspective. It honestly, it is a shame that some people will jump on and say some things about this article without actually reading it. So please read it. You know, after you read it, It's probably not going to change your opinion, and that's fine. It's not meant to change an opinion. It's meant to simply report on what happened, which is what news does. Right. Yeah. So, but I think it's very important, you know, that you guys do read it. And really, if you read it and then engage, that's great. Um, But read it and then engage, too. Yeah. And I don't think, I think um, in... Somewhat on in Democrat side, uh, but I see it a lot more in Republicans. There's an anti-media sentiment, but I think that you would be hard pressed to say, like that we're doing something wrong or that we're putting our opinion in this article because I I don't feel what that opinion we, yeah, yeah yeah we put our you opinion know, in this podcast we, but yeah, on we the have paper. opinions about that stuff but I, I think that's an important thing to say that's like yeah we have opinions I have very strong opinions um, about politics. Mm-hmm. But we can report and be fair. Like it is possible. Yeah. Yeah. In is. the editing process, we do as much as we can to make sure that there aren't, you yeah. know, opinions going through. Even as yeah. simple as like just giving something a qualifier. Not like, like there's always going to there. I don't truly believe in any like true objectiveness of journalism because of the people who are writing it have opinions. Yeah, we're humans too, guys. Like we're not ever going like. E- it's again that everything's political the things that we cover or choose to cover whether consciously or subconsciously are political we're giving you know a platform to some people and and not to others and a lot of that's just you know based on time and space and but we really try to give a platform to everybody we do yeah we do our best um 
and I, I think that was I think th personally I was frustrated that this was you know supposed to be a nonpartisan event and then it had some very divisive things partisan out. kind of things going yeah. on <laughs> but I also think that like you know I edited this story I, I helped finish up the last bit but we didn't we didn't put that in there and I think that's you know important to note and you know we I've worked with the college Republicans before uh, when they were suing the university mm. and and you know I reported on them fairly and did a good enough job that I got an award for it mm -hmm. like and I'm very much not a Republican yeah so it is possible so you know just like Maddie said to kind of end this topic out you know like our opinions are our opinions we did share them on this podcast but in the actual publication in the paper we do try to be fair um so yeah just read the story and you know you you can have your opinion on whatever you want we all can that is our rights as human beings and, and we'd love to hear your opinions yeah. i mean as long as it's not anything that's like spreading hate like you know i'm very adamant about um you know i think ryan and i both are um about making sure we don't give voice to people who are directly hating on people. Um, but, like, anything else, I mean, it might be completely different from what we believe or what most people believe, but we will give you a voice if Absolutely. you're respectful about it. And but we do have that authority in our positions as editor-in-chief and then Ryan as managing editor to reject something because it is hateful. But none of this stuff was hateful. None of it was done with malintent. Um, and just so. just so everyone knows, uh, you can send letters to opinion at alestalive.com if you want to send a letter to yeah, the editor. Yeah, shameless plug. Uh, look, yeah. it's our podcast. We can plug Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can but do what we want. That is a really great way because, um, you know. And people do do that. Like, you'd be surprised. People do send letters and to I, the editor. And I love it. Um, you know, I've been on... I wrote a piece about, um, you know, like when the abortion bans were being talked about, um, you know, on how this is going to impact people disproportionately, you know, how women of color are going to be affected by it, how it's it, it might not really do everything we want it to do as someone who's very adamant about, you know, giving people reproductive rights. Um, and then the Students for Life wrote back and yeah, it was completely different from my opinion, but just being able to give them a voice and talk to them, like, it was a really rewarding experience. And I don't know if they realized, like, when I was emailing, like, yes, I'm Matt Madison that wrote the original article. Like, that's me. Um, but it was really, like, awesome. I, I mean, I completely disagree with them, but it was just a really awesome experience to know somebody, even though they don't agree with me, is reading our paper and you know finding things to talk about so please you know um we can't always ex we can't always um in news stories go on an extensive um i don't want to say soapbox but we can't always extensively show opinions because of time space you know we kind of try to keep it as relevant as possible but a letter to the editor is the perfect way to kind of show you know we try not to cut them as much as possible, you know. We'll fix up some grammar here and there. Yeah, we have very strict guidelines on, like, what we are allowed to change, and mostly it's, you know, AP-style stuff. But, like, we're not going to change your message in any way, or at least we try not to. It's the perfect way to show, you know, this is my full opinion without being limited to space. 
like we do in our articles, you know, and with our articles as um, reporters, as editors, we have every right to cut what we think needs to be cut. I mean, we try not to change things too much, but sometimes, you know, human error here with a letter to the editor. It's your free reign. You know, as long as you're not publishing something like hateful, like we've gotten letters to the We're editors. Libelous from uh the kkk and stuff and it's like whoa of course we're not going to publish that yeah it's also but it's also we typically um i think we typically try to restrict it to people who are members of the like SIV community or the the metro east or you know alumni and stuff if you have no association with the um with those groups with the university at all like there's no guarantee that we're going to run it but you know we'll just let you know yeah yeah, so. yeah, and that's something, like, too, I know um, sometimes things can be taken out of context. Um, like, there's one example right now that, um, you know, I'm working on talking with my advisor with on the best way to approach this, where if, you know, we say something in the paper and maybe someone interprets it different, um, you know, we will contact that person. Like I said, I'm in the process of going through that right now, trying to figure out the best way. Uh, before we publish it because we don't want people to be hating on the person that wrote the letter when they just misunderstood something partially because of our error you know does that make sense yeah that makes sense okay yeah so yeah so moving on to our last part of the show and i forget to tell you about this all the time so (laughs) i just assumed you do it every episode yeah no i do um so yeah so we're gonna talk about our obsessions i'll go first since i will give you all a few seconds to think about it uh my obsession my obsession is chick-fil-a mac and cheese so chick-fil-a came out with mac and cheese recently is it good i have not tried it 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 is so it is it it actually is very very decent i really enjoy it um it is very it reminds me of home you know can you put it on their chicken sandwiches you probably could if you wanted to. Oh my I don't know. Gosh. That sounds amazing. That would be so good. You have to do that yourself. But yeah, it, it's really, really good. So yeah, it's cheesy and it's seasoned, which is very important to me. Um, you know, so yeah, it's very good. Chick-fil-A mac and cheese is bomb. That sounds great, yeah. honestly. Now now I'm obsessed with that, but I would just... Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, I hate to be a selfish plug. I was talking with Erica about this. I have a friend that goes here to school. Okay. Just hit a million views on his music kid houdini he's been doing really good i'm really excited for him ryan knows who he, you know who he is i think i've seen uh, one of our mutual friends post about him before probably yeah we, we all post about him but he, i think he's doing a cool thing i'm really excited for him he's had a few concerts and stuff in various locations okay cool. So like i said so i'm excited cute. to see where that goes but yeah ready okay um i am obsessed with chicken <laughs> um yo matt <laughs> So, backstory on this, because y'all are There's probably... There's a backstory. That's why I'm laughing. Um, so, I have a bad habit of buying food and then not eating it. Which Just, is a shame, because chicken is not cheap. Yeah, I know. I'm bad Maddie. Yeah. So, I recently had an awakening, because I bought so much chicken. Okay, in my defense, at Walmart, they didn't have, like small chicken packages they just had big ones so i like buy all these tyson chicken breasts and i'm like okay i'm gonna like marinate them like there's a special way i marinate my meat and i was all excited well then i got busy and i was like i don't have time for this like so the chicken was wasted i know i'm a horrible person but I so I was telling my mom about this conundrum i'm in and i'm like mom i'm conundrum. so sorry i bought like this much chicken and I like wasted money and I'm a horrible daughter. And she was like, yes, you are. That's exactly what she said. 
<laughs> I'm like blinking rapidly at them right now. I'm go not ahead. happy. But go anyway, um, she was like, well, why don't you just go to Schnucks and get those pre-seasoned chickens? Like, they're just two chicken breasts in a thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's where those are. And she's like, yeah, you dummy. But she didn't say that because Vicky Sue's a sweet bean. Um, but she was like, yeah, just go get those. I went and I got them, guys. And the best one is, um, oh, what's it called? Okay, the garlic butter one is gross. Don't get that. There's another one that I love. And I even went and bought seasoning, which is huge for me. Um, cause I'm like real adulting now, guys. Mm. So it's like that kind of chicken. You can make it in a bag. Don't do that. That's gross. Like actually get a skillet. Don't be lazy. Heat it up. And I'm just so proud of myself, guys. Good, I'm becoming you, a real chef. Did you have like a side of like vegetables? No, like I don't eat vegetables. So you, you just ate the chicken, so no you- sides? Yeah, you know I'm proud of the progress you're making. We're, we're gonna Baby get steps. you. We're gonna get Baby you the steps. sides That's later. Something. We're gonna get you the sides later, and like maybe like a drink. But like we'll get. I'll 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 give you credit for this. Thank you. Your sides should just be that Chick Fil A mac and cheese. Mm. I will make noodles. The thing is, I eat way too many noodles, and I don't have a lot of protein, and so I'm just like, I try not to eat noodles, but you know it happens. Yeah. Ryan, what's your obsession? So uh, my obsession is a long-standing one, um, but just last night, uh, my favorite podcast, Friends at the Table, released uh, the finale for um, one of their seasons and one of their long-standing stories that's been going on for five years. Um, it's an actual play podcast, so they play like tabletop games. Like um, they don't play D and D, but that that kind of style thing. That nerd stuff. Yeah, that nerd stuff. <laughs> um, they do a lot of really good like world building and really smart choices with the um, letting the players and the the GM uh, build the story and tell it. Like there's this one really cool moment from the first season where somebody uh, makes a joke about uh, one of the characters not being dead or or being dead but still being around, and then there were zombie pirates because somebody made a dumb joke and it was really fun. But if you go to uh, their Twitter at uh, friends underscore table, there's a, a nice little chart of like, hey, where should I start? Uh, because, you know, they've been going for five years and they have hundreds of episodes at this point. But there's a good little flow chart that'll tell you what's the best place to jump on at. Okay, that is cool. so pure. <laughs> so sweet. I love it. I only cried like three times listening to that. Oh my Ryan gosh. doesn't ever cry. It's really good. I'm the crier. It, yeah. it, it was the finale of their second season, Counterweight. It's really good. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check out our website, alestolive.com. And also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Alesto. And don't forget to pick up the paper on Thursdays if you're on the SIU campus. I'm your host, Edgar Green, signing off. Don't forget to check us out next week right here on Alesto After Hours.